Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. Craig Schaub here with Akron Beacon Journal film critic, sports writer, and entertainment writing extraordinaire, George Thomas. George, how you doing? I'm awake. You're awake. It's a late Thursday night, but we're talking Pinocchio. So we, we thought, let's stay up and talk Pinocchio. Um, you know, this is kind of one of those strange years where you get the sort of the, the double release on the same subject matter. In this case, Pinocchio, uh, a little bit later this year, you'll see a Guillermo del Toro version of Pinocchio. And I kind of, it kind of got me inspired to look back at some of those weird release schedules in which you had, uh, you know, the illusionist and the prestige, a couple of magic movies. And I think 2007, um, you had, uh, Vol- volcano. Yeah. Yeah. I was also it's thinking you know, Olympus has fallen and, um, white house down. Yeah. Both came out in the same year again, very strange. Um, so it's not uncommon, but it's it's kind of a strange thing. And here we get the live action version of Pinocchio with Robert Zemeckis teaming up, of course, with Tom Hanks. Um, is this Pinocchio worth its weight here? I mean, should we be holding out for Del Toro? Should we go back to the classic Pinocchio? What do you What do you think, George? We're we're talking about two film filmmakers I I like, right? But you know, with respect to this Pinocchio, why are they bothering? It's like <laughs> they're remaking Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, a live-action version of that, right? Right. But, but why? And the simple answer is, and it's, Disney, I could say it's a, a, a money grab, but it's right. it's not mm-hmm. really, it's a subscriber grab for, for Disney+. Plus. Right, moving the needle there because it's not a theatrical release. A couple years ago, and I agree with the a writer Scott Mendelson of Forbes wrote a couple years ago this would have been a theatrical release, and you know what? He's right. Yeah, it, it most definitely would have been, and you know what? A couple years ago, it would have been as unnecessary as it is now, <laughs> because. As much as they like Robert Zemeckis, it takes a simple story, a, mo- a simple morality tale, and overstuffs it for the most part. The uh, original animated film, which came out in 1940, and it was Walt Disney Studios' second animated film after Snow White, that original film clocked in at 91 minutes, I want to say. This clock's in at 140, an hour and 43 minutes, which is yeah. a vast difference. Yeah. And in, in the case of this version, there really is nothing sacred. I mean, um, Zemeckis changes a lot of key points with this film. The basics are still there, but, yeah. but, but, there's a big change, and I don't want to give it away because I know people will be flocking to stream this with their kids. I don't want to give it away, but it's like once it happens, you, you, you say to yourself, why is this necessary? It's kind of wooden. It feels kind of forced. And yeah. Even with Tom Hanks and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who voices Jiminy Cricket, eh. the best thing about it is is is... Um, and I forget her first name, Arivo. Oh, Cynthia. Cynthia Arivo. 
singing When You Wish Upon a Star because she's got an absolutely angelic voice. And she plays a blue fairy. But other than that, this is a vehicle for Robert Zemeckis to play with his photorealistic toys. Right. They can claim it's live action, but it's 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 animation. It's a it's a blending of technologies, live action and that right. photorealistic technology. And had he had he, I would have much rather seen a frame by frame remake of this, a la The Lion King, than have him stuff it and change it. Okay, that's the way to put it. To see yeah. what he could do with that technology. You know, so you, you say that it's kind of unnecessary and, and probably why people shouldn't really bother maybe to see it necessarily. But are you are you all in on the Del Toro version, the animated version that's coming? Or do you not care to – are you looking forward to it, I guess? I'm not – I'm neutral. It's like I'll see it when it comes out and I'll make my judgment then. Okay. It's like, like I said, they're both talented filmmakers. I mean, they're filmmakers whose work I, I seek out when I know it's coming. So I'll see it and, you know, I'll probably review it and pass judgment then. I, I expect something wholly more dark right? Yep. from 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 uh, Guillermo. I really do. So, you know, we'll see. Okay. What's your uh, final grade on, on uh, Pinocchio? Uh, my review ran today on uh, beaconjournal.com and I gave it a B minus. Okay. And uh, if you can't find the website, chances are you could, they've linked to it on Rotten Tomatoes by now. So, I yeah. Well, and I know that, you know, we, we talk a lot about streaming, about theatrical, you know, another, you know, earlier in the year, you know, HBO and, and Warner Brothers has, you know, really kind of dedicated to reinvesting in the theatrical release. That's what Warner Brothers' plans are moving forward. You shared something with me from The Hollywood Reporter about Paramount wanting to ramp up theatrical release output from 12 to 15 films uh, a year in 2024. I'm, I mean, what do you kind of make of this? Is this a, is this maybe these, these big pedigree studios? Do you think that this is going to be the norm for Warner Brothers, Paramount, Universal? Yeah, I do. Because you know what I think is, is happening? And, you know, I, I don't know why I didn't come to this conclusion better or sooner. Um, everybody expected streaming to basically cannibalize theatrical. No. No. Streaming will cannibalize, to a certain extent, home video. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Because they're realizing... And again, I don't know why they didn't realize it before, but theatrical runs in the past have served as nothing more than a, a huge commercial and money-making opportunity for the eventual home video release. And I sound so old using the term video, but <laughs> the home entertainment release. Yes. And, and it, it goes back, or is it 40 years yet? I mean, the... Paramount broke that that sell through, sell through wall back in '85. I want to say they and this. I was working at a video store slash audio video store with a movie club back then. They had a, a 
a 25 for 25 promotions. They were promotion. It was a, a 25 high profile films, each price at $25. And it was revolutionary at the time. Absolutely revolutionary. And people thought it would fail. And no, back then they laughed their way to the bank. And that was VHS. That was 40 years ago. Right. Us, the the modern home entertainment industry was born. Then you get then you get pay per view, blah blah blah, all this. But that's what what what's happening here. Those theatrical runs have accounted for pre pandemic. It was well over eleven billion dollars domestically. Yeah. It was it was more than thirty billion internationally, pre-pandemic. Yeah. That's a lot of money, a lot of revenue to give up gambling on streaming. Right. So, I expect this to be the norm. Well, do you, do you feel like Universal will will follow suit as another one of the major studios that has, not that they they don't commit to, you know releasing theatrically but they've also done a lot of same you know i know they did it last year with the halloween movie and they do a lot of day and date release on their streaming service peacock so do you feel like uh maybe just to to kind of you know cater to what the fans seem to like which is uh, you know a theatrical release with a you know 45 to 60 day window before it gets to streaming i mean do you feel like this might nudge Universal to make a decision like this and say, well, you know, we're going to start committing to theatrical as well because our, you know, the, the big, the big dogs in this race are, are still, are still, you know, investing in theatrical. I think they're going to nudge those Peacock numbers a little bit more, but I think eventually you'll, you'll see one of two things. They'll commit 100% theatrical runs first or they'll split it based on the budget of the film right. for the time being. I could, I could be wrong, but again, giving up theatrical revenue is insane, I think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you make a good movie, and you and I both know good is subjective depending on you. Depending right. on you. Case. But the perfect example is is Top Gun Maverick. You make a movie that's a good piece of entertainment, and I don't think anybody will dispute, regardless of artistic value, it's a nice piece of entertainment. People will go to theaters to see it. And it's... Last week it was the number one film at the box office yeah. to end the summer. Yeah. Which is unheard of in this, this. Right. Well, I did wanna, yeah. I did want to kind of pick your brain about uh, last week's, uh, well, I think it was national cinema day or whatever. They, they kind of framed it where they had the cheaper movie ticket prices and brought back Top Gun Maverick, or I guess in some cases, maybe Top Gun Maverick was still playing in certain theaters. Um, but then you had like, I, I know Spider-Man No Way Home was out there as well. Um, and, and then I know this week they're also doing something where there's cheaper prices at certain theaters or at least certain theaters. Uh, do you kind of like that idea, given the fact that, you know, you and I both know that the end of summer is 
pretty terrible for new movie releases. So why not maybe have a, a weekend or two where you, you bring out some classics or you bring out, you know, movies that did well earlier this year or, or late last year and, and give them another theatrical run. Do you like that? Do I like it on the weekend? Sure. But you know what they're normally called? Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. That's what those deals are normally given. And, yeah. and, and you know what? The theaters have, 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 have nothing to lose. You want to know why? Because they're not selling movies, really. Right. They're selling concessions. Right. They're selling a $6 ooh baby size Pepsi or Coke. Right. They're selling a $12 tub of, of popcorn that's worth 50 cents in kernels. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're doing. Right. So uh, as, a, as a movie fan, but considering I don't really pay for movies, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. Yeah, I get, I get like a perfect example. My son left here at eleven Saturday morning because of that, and I okay. get why he did it. Three bucks is three bucks, right? Yeah, there were things that his fiance hadn't seen, so yeah, I get it. It's nice exactly. to do it on a weekend. It right. really is. It's a cheap weekend, so sure, why not? But like I said, it, it used to be Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of, of, you know, I did not get a chance to see Spider-Man no, no Way Home. And I think in some theaters, maybe Jaws was re-released, you know, and I think, it'd be kind of, I, yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool to, to give people the theatrical experience like you had with Star Wars that I didn't necessarily have with the original Star Wars, you know, or some other people didn't have with like 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'd love to see that in theaters. You know, I think it'd be kind of fun to to maybe have a weekend or two every year, especially in the summer or maybe in the winter when you're trying to, you know, get through until the spring and summer season. Or in this case, you're trying to get through to Oscar season and holiday release schedules. So I think it's a, a brilliant marketing strategy to, to, to bring fans in for movie like Jaws fans, probably that don't go to movies all the time, maybe said, hey, let's go to the theater. Like you said, your son going to it because it's a cheap date. It's a cheap opportunity to see something and, and catch up on something that you hadn't seen yet. It's, it's, see, but, but think about it. This past weekend was probably the perfect weekend to do it. There's nothing really new in theaters, blah, blah, blah. Right. They only did Saturday, but right. it would be nice if they started at like 8 o'clock on a Friday night and and went went through Sunday or for Labor Day weekend go to to five o'clock Monday afternoon. Right. And that would really be something not necessarily special, but yeah, a way to show gratitude for the, the exhibitor industry still being there. Although a couple of them filed bankruptcy this week. So, but I could appreciate what they tried to do even if I'm a bit cynical about it because I know where they make their money. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, they're doing it again this weekend. I think I saw an advertisement that said like the twilight saga will be in theaters or whatever yep. for, for like five bucks or something. So, you know, hey, I'm sure someone's going to take advantage of it. They're trying to draw, draw fans to the, to the theater and I, I can't blame them. And I think it's a good thing. So, 
Um, you know, what are you, what have you been watching lately? I think you said something that you, maybe you've seen Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, the Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall film. Yeah, that film has been taking a lot of, of flack because okay. and I don't want to deal with it too long because I don't even want people like doxing and, <laughs> and looking for my address on the internet, <laughs> Northeast Ohio. But you know, it's, it's gotten some backlash. And the reason is it hits pretty close to home, the black church. It really okay. does. Yeah. And, you know, it's not as funny as it could be. The performances are great. Absolutely great. It's got plenty to say. But for satire, which is what it is, right. it, it really needed to be funny. Right. Okay. Um, anything else that you've been watching or streaming or binging here lately? Um, good Lord. I'm drawing a blank. You know what? In preparation for the Browns, not really. Yeah, football season starts this weekend. Yes, it does, yeah. Well, right around the corner, and uh, you can watch uh, or watch George's videos that he produces on the Cleveland Browns. Read all of his content at uh, George Thomas uh, by George Thomas on Twitter or in the BeaconJournal.com. George, it's going to be a short one this week, but I uh, definitely appreciate you stopping by, and we'll talk next week more about. Uh, Hopefully some new is, – is anything else coming out next week or we have to wait? New Viola Davis. Viola yeah, the, is the Warrior King or the Woman King or something? Yes, and yes. I it, – it's it, it, the studio is doing something weird. The screening for it, for critics, is 8.30 Friday night. Oh, wow. Co okay. Coincide with the premiere at either – it's either Venice or uh, – or is Venice done? I, I think Venice is still going on. It's either Venice or Toronto. It, yeah. it premieres this Friday, and they're syncing up screenings to, my guess, minimize leaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, probably the only leak that's going to come out of that for sure is that Viola Davis is probably getting an Oscar nomination no matter what. You know, she's, mm -hmm. She always seems like it, it, she's a shoe-in at this point, but which, which she's a terrific actress, and she's well-deserving of all the accolades she's, she's gotten over the years. But uh, – Kind of interesting to see what they do with that. I mean, I don't really know a whole lot about it. I've seen a couple of trailers, but uh, always interested in seeing Viola Davis, though. Absolutely. Um, and FYI, there's a. Why am I so hyped for Black Adam? Can you tell me? Well, because you just love Dwayne Johnson. You know, you love The Rock. I've, I've never been a big Dwayne Johnson guy. Okay. That was maybe as a yes. Pierce Brosnan fan. Maybe I don't know. Pierce Brosnan was Bond before it was before he was Bond. Yeah, there's but I I go back to his Remington Steel days. That's yeah, yeah. Time. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I've, I've the, second, the second Black Adam Adam trailer dropped about an hour ago. Okay, and it's just it's like it's got wow factor as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There's one we didn't talk about DC not being able to find somebody to produce its movies. I did see that, um, that they. They've tried. I don't. I, did they offer the job to that guy, or did he just say no? Or, or negotiations broke down, which is code for we're never really going to know what happened. Yeah. But it, 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 my guess is it could be a creative control issue. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. And it's like you're trying to look at your Kevin Feige. You kind of need to. I think they need to get organized and they need to just say whoever they trust. I don't know if the guy that they were looking at 
had any anything to do with prior DC properties or projects, but they just seem like they're in shambles. They don't know really know what they do, you know, want to do. They canceled Batgirl. They I don't, did they cancel Doom Patrol and some of the other TV series, or are they still kind of in limbo? Doom Patrol and Titans have the opportunity to prove their worth with their new seasons coming up. Right. Harley Quinn, the cartoon, which I've got to get caught up on, it started its new season a few weeks ago, has already been renewed for a fourth season. I did see that, yeah. So it looks like it's kind of a hodge, but I, it looks like, and I think you're right, they're, <clears throat> they're allowing these shows to, if people watch them, they will renew them. You know, because Harley Quinn would have been an easy cancel if they're doing this. We're just going to, you know, jettison money, you know, save money, you know, whatever. That could have been an easy show to, to cancel for from their perspective. And see, I like Titans, but I even fall behind on it. Right. I mean, I, I still have three or four episodes in season. What, what season are they on? Two are they going into four or five? I, 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 I see I lose track. No, it's right. definitely not four or five. Okay. But I, I still have a few episodes there. Um, again, we go back to the dilemma of so much content. And I'm I'm still over, all over the place with the Sandman. And I've got two advanced episodes of House of the Dragon that I haven't watched. Okay. It's, ah. A lot, there's too much going on and it's football season, you know. Yeah. Oh, welcome to my life. Yeah. All right, as uh, as always, thank you for stopping by. We will uh, talk more again, and uh, good luck with all the Browns coverage coming. And uh, more, we'll look forward to more of your uh, movie reviews as well. All right, take, take it care. easy. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book Hope Interrupted that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.